0: Amen. Thank you, Dave. We are honored and privileged, so I do want to thank you for a, a chance to, to come and just share. What we really want to do is just share a little bit of our journey, a little bit of our experience walking with the Lord in our revelations of the kingdom, which it's hard to believe, but it's, expa- it's spanned a couple of decades <laughs> now, I think. But it's been an amazing journey. I think the Lord has taught us some things. Um I think we've discovered some things in that journey and so we're we're just going to kind of tag team a little bit back and forth here which for those of you that know us are going to get a little nervous because we both can get a little wound up and get going but um we'll be mindful of time as well but David's asked us to share off that that wonderful scripture and I want to read it to you I think we probably have the slide that comes up as well in in Luke four, where Jesus is really laying out his ministry. You know, the backdrop of it is um, he was baptized um, and I think this is key. The Holy Spirit descended upon him as he came out of the waters of baptism and then he was led directly into the wilderness where he was tempted. And now he's come out of the wilderness. And and I love at the beginning of um, I'm going to move a couple of verses above this. In verse 14 in chapter 4, it says, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. I think it's it's really important. It's really what we kind of want to land on and share a bit. is about this whole idea of the power of the Spirit, because that's what it takes to really live out the kingdom of the gospel. Um and so he goes to the synagogue as was his custom um, in his hometown and he pulls out Isaiah and this is what he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, there it is again, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm going to keep reading. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture was fulfilled in your hearing. What he was really saying is the Messiah has come to save and deliver you, not just to help you live eternal life, but to to save and deliver you um, and that's what he wants to do today. I, We had some opportunities um, and one of the signature opportunities with us, we were invited to participate and we have been part of an organization called Iris Ministries and so we went to their Bible school, their Harvest Mission School, spent several years there, but we were involved in a, a school for about six months there and everybody that's kind of Flowing in the Spirit came through this school and began to teach about what it means to live out in the kingdom. And I remember one guy, his name was David Hogan. I mean, he's known for incredible ministries back in um, Mexico. I mean, documented people that have been raised from the dead and just really moving in the power of the Spirit. Incredible people groups in the mountains of Mexico that have come to learn Jesus. I mean, just a really powerful man. I will never forget the first thing he said. We knew his reputation. The first thing he said, he's lifted up this Bible. And he says, you need to make up your mind. Like, about what? He said, do you believe everything in this Bible or part of this Bible? And he says, you need to make up your mind right now. That really stuck with me because I had to deal with something. I had to figure out, do I really believe everything in this Bible? Because that's kind of scary. Because it demands that you do things if you believe everything in this Bible. Um, but I, I remember going back to the little place where we were staying, I remember saying, God, yeah, I do. I believe everything in this Bible. And I'm going to act upon it. Because when Jesus taught us to pray, I mean, you know that, the Lord's Prayer, our Father, heart in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom in heaven come on earth as it is in heaven. He was very clear. What happens in heaven needs to be expressed on earth. Um, there's another scripture in John that the Lord led me to as well that really, really challenged me. John fourteen 12, I'm gonna read it to you. It says this, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I mean, that backed me up. Because we all know what Jesus does, right? And all of a sudden I'm reading in there and I will do even greater things through Him in the power of His Spirit as we walk out and really bring the kingdom of heaven, the gospel of the kingdom. It's very interesting to me, if you really look at the four gospels, Over 128 times, Jesus references the kingdom. He only references the church a couple times. But then there's a switch in the book of Acts, where now it's referencing the church. Because Acts 1.8, the Great Commission says this, go, wait, when the power comes upon you, then go and be my witnesses into all the world and that was jesus's parting comment right we all we all know that he's like don't go now you've seen my my death my resurrection you're all fired up you're you've got this revelation now you're primed and ready but wait because you need the power of the spirit so that you can go and so his disciples waited and of course we know at pentecost the spirit of of the Lord came, fell upon them. And I love the book of Acts. My paraphrase of the book of Acts is very simply, provoke questions to which the gospel is the answer. And I've always asked God that as I walk through my life, God, today, how can I provoke a question in someone to which my response can be to share the gospel? It makes it it makes it makes really, really, really easy But I want to share something with you quickly and then, and then I'm going to hand it off to Danette to share a bit as well. And then we'll both come back is I think we need to get clear what this gospel of the kingdom really is. And so I've, I've narrowed it down and and kind of have created my own description. And it, it involves what I really believe are six components. The first two, the death, And the resurrection is Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sins through his death. And through his resurrection, he defeated Satan. He took care of the problem of sin. And through that, he's made us righteous. So we have his very presence that we can now access because we are made righteous through his death and resurrection. But it doesn't stop there. Because I think some of us stop there and going, that's amazing. We've been in a prison cell and the prison door is now open. But we're still sitting in the prison cell. Enjoying our freedom in the prison cell. And I think Jesus and the Holy Spirit is going, ah, check the door. It's open. Walk out. Because there's a grand adventure wouldn't you walk out. Because I think the true gospel goes beyond that. Because it says in Ephesians, we have been adopted into his family. We are co-heirs with Christ. Which means we inherit everything that God has. We have access to. The very power of God. And then it goes on and we know that we are commissioned to go out and represent him which is great and we're like, okay, we'll do it. If I get slaughtered, I get slaughtered. But then there's one last piece to this gospel that's really powerful. And it's why Jesus said, wait until you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because then you will go out not as you, but you will go out as me. You will see as I see. You will speak as I speak. You will do as I do. It will be me flowing through you. Man, there's freedom in that one, I know. I can." step out and I know that it's not me it's it's God but here's what practically what we've learned I mean and that's great and that's motivating and that's empowering and it's awesome but it's scary and it raises questions as we've been walking through going Lord I want to walk in the presence of your kingdom as Dave shared a couple weeks ago the kingdom means rule and reign okay But there's there's a struggle there because it won't be fully expressed, we know, until Jesus returns. But meanwhile, we're in this tension zone of having to walk in the kingdom, having to do the things that Jesus did. But realizing that it doesn't always work perfectly. And you know what? I want to tell you that that's okay. Here's what I'm not saying. Don't pray the prayer to give God an out, okay? If you're praying for someone, pray bold, pray faithful prayers, not God, if you would love, if you would like to touch them, if you're willing to touch them, of course He's willing. Don't, don't give God an out. Pray boldly, Pray pray with belief and know and believe that God will come in the way that He chooses to come. Um, and then rest in that because, you know, we've, we've all struggled with what I call the what if. God, I'll step out. I'll take a risk for you. I'll pray a bold prayer. I'll, I'll pray in faith. I'll give a word to someone, but what if it's wrong? What if I pray for someone to get healed and they don't get healed? You know what? Flip that around. Well, what if he does? that's what he's asking us to do he's just asking us for obedience and then you just need to let god do the rest and trust that that individual will be blessed there have been many times i can tell you that i've been sitting i have prayed for someone is it better are you feeling better your knees your knee is hurting pray for your knee i'm praying for his knee is it is the knee feeling better nope can you feel the pressure okay i'll pray again is it feeling better now nope And now, all of a sudden, I'm going, God, what do I do? What do I do? Now, I'm getting nervous. Danette taught me something. She just said, pray in those moments. Because I'm like, I don't know what to pray next. I prayed a faith-filled prayer, and it doesn't seem to be working. What do I do? Have you you been there? It's real. I just We want to share real with you. Danette taught me, just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And there are so many times that God's power breaks out. There are other times it doesn't. But invariably we will hear a testimony that comes back to us about how blessed that individual was. I mean, and there are moments that we hear amazing testimonies. I remember one and then I'm going to hand it off to Danette. Because we could tell you we've got a long career and Africa, Asia, the world, and we could tell you some amazing testimonies around the world, and we'll share a few of those. But I want to share one here in America. Um, good friend of ours, his name was Kevin. He had a heart attack. He ended up in the hospital. He had a, a procedure; they called it a stent to open up the flow in one of his blood vessels. And he was doing very, very, very fine for several years. And all of a sudden, was having some issues again. He ended up back in the in the hospital, and so. We visited him one Sunday afternoon. And I never forget on the wall, he had this picture in the drawing of the arteries in his heart and where all these blockages were. And he was sharing, he said, yeah, I need to have a, a heart procedure tomorrow. They're gonna go in, they're gonna check my arteries. But the doctor was in, he showed me these places from the last time I was in where there were blockages. And he said, you know, those have progressed. So we're gonna check it out. Um, and you're probably going to need surgery this week, so just get prepared. And so he's sharing that with us, and we're like, you know what, Kevin, we're going to pray for you. It wasn't weird, it wasn't crazy. We weren't stomping around the the hospital room and you know decreeing this and and canceling that. We just prayed, Lord, Holy Spirit, come, touch Kevin. We believe you want to heal. We believe you're bigger than bypass surgery. Come touch Kevin. Do your healing miracle working power. And the and the Spirit of God came in the room and it was just beautiful. Danette and I and his wife and Kevin and we we left. He got a phone call early the next morning going, his wife Cindy said, Well, that was the shortest procedure ever. He said this the uh, cardiologist got in there, took one look, and he said, Your arteries are totally clean. Even the stuff that was there before isn't there anymore. He said, I can't explain it. And, and Kevin being Kevin going, well, I'll explain it to you. <laughs> and this, this is a cool part of walking in the kingdom. And then Kevin, because the question was provoked, and Kevin shares the gospel. And it was awesome. And I remember he said the doctor kind of winked and said, yeah, you're probably right. And walked, <laughs> walked out of the room. But it's, but it's amazing if you just step out. We always call it stop for the one. It's, I want to give you a couple practical things and I'll let Danette share. The The story of the, of the Good Samaritan is great and I think one of the lessons there is the guy didn't start looking to do a great ministry thing. He just stopped for the guy that was right in front of him. The interruption in his life. It's the easiest way to walk in the power of the kingdom is just stop for something that is right in front of you and ask the Holy Spirit how do you want your kingdom expressed right now? Maybe it's a prayer, maybe it's a faith-filled prayer, maybe it's a word of knowledge. It could be a, a, a lot of different things, but just do it and take that risk. God does want us to risk. And then uh, the other story that I love is the little boy with the loaves and the fishes, because he had no answer to that problem, right? In fact, his answer and his offering probably would have got him ridiculed. You know, like 5,000 people need food. Here, I got two fish and, and some bread. You know, could you imagine him going up to the to Jesus and the disciples and they're like, kid, get out of here. You know, don't waste our time. But he offered what he had. It's like, I know it doesn't feed 5,000. Here's what I have. I'm willing to offer it. And then Jesus does something amazing. It's the only Miracle in the Gospels where Jesus really put it in the hands of the disciples to start passing out the food. Um, That's all he wants us to do. And if we just want to encourage you to just stop for people that are in front of you and say, Lord, how do you want the kingdom expressed through me right now? And then take that risk and give, give what you have and watch what God will do with it. It will be amazing. Just know there is that tension of the kingdom is here. A good Bible teacher used to say it this way. The kingdom has come, but not yet. So it's partially here, which is why sometimes we see things break out. Sometimes we don't in the way we might expect it. But God always, always comes through but we do have to manage this idea of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. And that gets awkward for some of us because we point back to things we heard, experiences we had that didn't go well and got to get past that and go, yeah, people maybe haven't handled the Holy Spirit correctly, but the Holy Spirit is real. Jesus said, wait for him. He's a person before you go out because it's through the Holy Spirit that you will do incredible things. And you just have to learn to be courageous and manage that tension that comes with God, how are you moving and how are you going to express yourself. But there's, there's another key that I'm going to hand it over to Danette and let her share a little bit that I think will unlock the ability for you to really walk in kingdom influence in the way that God really wants you to do that.
1: Yeah, so there's this tension, right? And part of managing that tension is perseverance. I mean, if we did not go out and pray for people, then nothing's gonna happen, right? We have to We have to pray, we have to persevere. Um, if we don't keep pursuing the kingdom, the kingdom will never show up but if we keep pursuing the kingdom it it, the promise is it will it's out of this flow that's built on prayer and intimacy that increases our power and it increases our authority as we pursue him and we practice the gifts that have been given to us for his good and his glory so when we cultivate this presence of God will just will then will display his power, right? But there's a cultivation that happens. You know, when Jesus sits down in Luke 4 and he reads Isaiah 61 to everyone, he knows that the Jews hearing just that portion, they're going to know the whole thing. They're going to recognize where he's going. They're going to know that previously in, in um, Isaiah 60 verse 16, He's, it declares, I, the Lord, am your savior and your redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. I mean, they're sitting up now because he is hes sharing from Isaiah with them, and he's saying who he is. And then he goes into Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus was declaring, I have connection. I have connection with God. God. In fact, I'm so close to God that he's actually upon me. He's part of me. He's always with me. And he's on me for himself to see his kingdom come. It starts with connection. Recognizing that connection with the Father that we have with God to see his kingdom come. How do you experience the Holy Spirit? Recognize your relationship with the Holy Spirit? How do you know when he's come upon you in a moment? It starts with connection. But not only that, it's by acknowledging that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, it's recognizing that now we have access to a totally different realm. Understand that when you pray, you're establishing an intimacy with God, you're cultivating a presence, we're bypassing natural laws and our own limitations and we're accessing heavenly resource and power. That is what prayer is. It's a supernatural exchange with supernatural access leading to supernatural results. Why else are we praying? Because we know we have connection. It's our one thing. It's our thing to connect with God, to connect with another realm that has power to change the world and where we're at. You know, a few years ago, um, we were doing a program in Zambia called Masters, and. it was a program for young adults. We'd draw them together. We would teach them entrepreneurial skills, but we also wanted to teach them the foundations of their faith. And part of that was going out into the community and praying for people. And so before we would go out, we'd gather up, and we'd pray, and we'd listen for some, some words of knowledge or some direction on where to go. And I remember our little group, and I was, I was um, paired up with two, two of the young girls, 18-year-olds, we prayed and I and I had a picture of a popcorn stand and you see those all throughout Zambia and I was like that you know great okay we'll we'll look for the popcorn stand and and so we set out and as we were setting out I just had this brief thought what would be the most difficult situation we could face and I was like hmm you know in my heart i didn't want to go there cuz i'm like that that's scary. that's scary right um i'm just we're just going to look for this popcorn stand <laughs> so we find the popcorn stand we gather around we start we you know i'm i'm like okay we'll stop we'll bless will their their um what they're selling we'll bless you know whoever's selling we'll we'll you know just bless them we'll pray for them so we're praying over them and um, suddenly these two drunk men come walking down the street and I see them out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, Oh, great. Let's get this done and move on. Cause I kind of had a sense of what was going to happen. Well, they come walking and they see me. And so they, they're like, wazungu, wazungu, which is white person, you know, what are you doing over there? And they were, they were being a little, um, just a little nasty, right? And I'm like, um, you know, what, what, what am I going to do in this situation? Right? Well, they're being very loud, very boisterous. So of course they're drawing a crowd of people and this crowd of people, they're not going to protect me. (laughs) They want to see how I'm going to handle this situation. What's this white person going to do? Right? And they're, they're just um, being a smart aleck, you know, they're just kind of, you know, giving me a hard time. And I just looked at them and I said, you know what? We're here just to bless people and pray for them. Either we pray for you or move on. And it was in that moment that something totally shifted because we're talking guys like this big, I'm looking up at them, they're this broad, they're drunk, You know, I've got this crowd of people around me, but nothing, something changed. And you know what it was? It was the spirit of the Lord upon me. I wasn't scared. I just looked at him and said, do you want prayer? Otherwise, move on. And so he nudges his buddy and he's like, sure, sure, you can pray for me. So I was like, okay. I put my hand on his shoulder and I started to bless him. And I just started praying, God, love on him. Show him who you are. Just love on him, just bless him. And it was almost like everything got quiet and we were in this little bubble. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was totally sober. Not drunk anymore, totally sober. And he stood there because the love of God came to him. And I get done praying with him and I look at his friend and his friend is like looking at like, what just happened here? And I'm like, do you want prayer? And he's like, okay, put my hand on him, same thing, immediately made sober. And suddenly there's a line of people who say, can you pray for us? That was amazing. That was significant. But I want to point out something to you. God moves when we pray, and He transforms dark places with light. You mention the name of Jesus, and a person cannot help but think of Jesus. Right? Look at um, Jeremiah 9:23-24. I think we have that. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord." There was no justice in that situation, right? two drunk men, why were they drunk? Because they're poor, there's no jobs, they're in despair, they're hopeless, and the Lord wanted to say, you know what, I still love you. When we connect, we access heaven, and we exercise God's heart to the person in front of us. This was a place that the kingdom needed to invade. God needed to show up there. Isaiah 61, you can put it, um, that back up there. It lists what is kingdom influence over taking worldly influence. Look at this good news for the poor, binding up the broken hearted freedom for the captive favor over vengeance comfort over mourning a crown instead of ashes of shame joy instead of mourning praise instead of a disheartened spirit each one is kingdom over darkness it's not just miracles it's transformation the people hearing this would have known the verses that come after as well that talk about rebuilding restoring renewing it's a total transformation it's kingdom over darkness, freedom over the captive, favor over vengeance, comfort over mourning. That's the kingdom of God coming to earth. I'll give you one more um, story. When I um, when I do uh, what we call hope for grieving children trainings, um, which is really just uh, bringing understanding about group uh, grief to individuals. Um, I'm doing a training and the participants are before me and we're just bringing understanding we're talking through things and there was one woman there who was so dark and so sad there was no life on her face she was just listening to the information and afterwards we always um, do a time of ministry and I went over and I sat in front of her and I just took her hands and I said is it okay if I pray for you and she just kind of looked at me with a very just dead, dead and sad. And so I took her um, hands in mine. And I and I just said, Holy Spirit, come. And I felt the Holy Spirit come and she started weeping, gut wrenching, gut wrenching cries. Her heart was so broken, and she was so sad, and I just kept praying, Holy Spirit, just heal her heart. You know, there's a moment where you need to cry, right? That's Holy Spirit sometimes too, to bring relief, and to bring healing, and to go into those deep places. But then suddenly, I felt the Spirit of God just coming up from behind, and, I, and he said to me, I'm gonna release joy over her. And so I started to tell her, this is what the Lord is going to do. And before I could even get the words out, all of a sudden, the darkness and the sadness lifts off of her, and her face changes, and she's full of joy, and she's smiling, and she starts chuckling. And I'm like, the Lord wants to bless you with joy. Whatever the circumstance, he wants you to be able to face it with peace and with joy. And she, and she left encouraged, right? The spirit of the Lord upon you. Connection, access, anywhere, anytime in your sphere of influence, right? You might not be overseas, it might be here, here in town like we talked about with this man, Kevin. Um, and I just felt like the Lord had, he was just pointing out some of your situations. And I remember last week there was a couple here who shared that um, they had family move in with them and you have your kids and your grandkids. Are you here today? They're not here today. But in that situation, I just felt like the Lord reminded me of the other place where it talks about the spirit of the Lord coming upon. And it's Isaiah 11, I believe, verse 2, and it says the spirit of the Lord upon me, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And I just felt like for them, the spirit of wisdom, right? They have their family in their home with them who don't believe in the Lord, Lord. Give them wisdom how to um, exemplify Christ, how to release words of wisdom to point their family back to the Lord, right? Um, And then I was thinking about um, someone else here today who talked about your fifth grade class. And I think you're sitting back there. Is it a fifth grade class? Um, the woman in light blue, yeah, at the school, sorry, young fives, sorry. Oh yeah, they were very young, young fives. And I thought, how does she bring the spirit of the Lord upon her into that situation? And I just felt like the Lord said to be praying in tongues. When you walk in there, if if you have that personal language with the Lord and you pray in tongues, the power of tongues to shift atmospheres and to till the soil of that school and the teachers and and that classroom and the children to, to change those circumstances and so that the love of God can come in and heal and change that situation. We all have our sphere of influence. We all have our sphere of influence. Know what your connection looks like. Because there will be moments where you're like, oh, I, f- I sense the spirit of the Lord right now. There must be something that I am meant to do. There must be a prayer I'm meant to pray. There must be somebody here who needs a touch, right? Recognize when he is there and when he wants to use you.
0: So as we, as we wrap up and we'll let, we'll let Dave come, what, what's really exciting to us, the spirit of god is here in this church it's just so here in this church you all know it you all feel it you all experience it it's really exciting um because as Dinesh here that's that's where it starts you cultivate his presence and out of cultivating his presence comes walking in his power however that chooses to look and and so we just want to encourage you To continue to do that. We just want to encourage you to take a risk this week. To just go, okay, Lord, how do you want the kingdom expressed through me in this situation? Take a risk and just do it. It's really interesting. The last piece of the gospel is all about choice. It's always about choice. And it goes beyond just choosing Jesus. That's the first major choice, the first incredible miracle is the transformation that happens to us when we choose Jesus. But it unlocks a life where Jesus is continually saying, you got some more choices. A choice to choose to step out for me today. A choice to choose to offer a prayer for me today. A choice to choose to offer a hug to someone in need today. A choice to choose, do I want to speak into this person that I feel like God is is asking me to speak into. You know, we, we listened to Jake last week, and he motivated us all, including me. You know, it was a phenomenal. You know, but then there's this little voice in my ear that was going, yeah, but that's not you. That's, that's Jake, and he's amazing, and I love Jake, and I bless Jake, but that's not me. It is you. I'm going to leave you with one last story, and that reminded you about the, the kids in Africa, these masters kids. They were orphans. One of them, her name was Rose. She was an orphan, um, passed around to aunties and uncles, a couple people in her extended family because she was a burden, tried to actually poison her. I mean, nobody thought anything of Rose, nothing. She, and she felt nothing. Well, she was going through our program, we were doing one of these outreaches and we, we walked into this compound and there was a blind lady there. And, and so I looked at Rose, I said, Rose, you're going to pray for the blind lady. Rose looked at me and like, do I have to? And I'm like, yeah, you have to. And so she started praying and nothing happened. And I said, Rose, keep praying and nothing happened. I said, Rose, keep praying and nothing happened. And before long, it's exactly the worst nightmare happened. People are going, maybe you need to talk louder. Your God maybe is hard of hearing. They can't hear you. That's right out of scripture, right? The Old Testament. But Rose kept at it. And all of a sudden, this old lady out of nowhere says, I see the little red top on my bottle on the, on the ground. That got everybody's attention. And what she gained her healing er, and her sight, and then uh, exactly what Danette said, everybody comes running. took obedience. It took a risk on Rose's part to just keep pushing. It's what we just want to encourage you to do. The results are up to God. But trust us, God will bless the offering that you give. He will, uh, he will bless your little loaves and your fishes because in his eyes, they're not little. They're only little in ours, our eyes. And then just allow him to do his work through the Holy Spirit to just multiply that and it'll be amazing. I just, I, it takes courage and I've just kind of coined this phrase. The only way we get courage is if we train to be brave. So we're going to ask Dave to come.